3: The following is a presentation of the College Athletes Network.
4: Hey,
0: Mo! It ain't game day! It's game time! It ain't game day! It's game
4: What's up, Walkie Talkies? Welcome to Walkie Talkies Podcast here on the College Athletes Network on iHeartRadio. With the coolest walk on to the country, I'm your host, Noah Bono. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Snow.3, 3 or you can follow Walkie Talkies Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at WTZ Podcast for video highlights of every episode. And before I introduce today's guest, please be sure to subscribe to Walkie Talkies Podcast if you like what you're listening to on iHeartRadio or whichever platform you listen to your podcast on okay so today's inaugural episode of walkie talkies podcast featured here on iHeartRadio, is with a former player from the wisconsin badgers men's basketball team who was a walk-on on the team during some of the badgers best seasons in recent history from 2014 to 2018 matt ferris so, Matt was in his freshman season when the team won the Big Ten regular season title outright. They won the Big Ten conference tournament. And then, if you remember, they beat the 38 0 Kentucky team. You know, Carl Towns, Devin Booker, Willie Cauley Stein, John Calipari. They were supposed to go 40 and 0. Yeah, well, he was on that team before they eventually lost to Duke in the national championship. However, Matt was a part of that win and some other really big time tournament wins. If you remember, in the following year in 2016, when Wisconsin hit that buzzer beater versus Xavier in the round of 32. And then the year after that, in 2017, they took down the reigning champs, Villanova. And you know, Matt was a part of all of those Badger runs. They were magnetic to winning. And we talk all about it, specifically that Kentucky game and the mindset of the team going into that game, uh, what it took. To beat those guys that year because they were at at that point unbeatable and so matt a wisconsin native grew up a badger fan and matt takes us through his entire experience as a walk-on in the badger program from how he was offered the walk-on role from head coach bo ryan all the way to passing up on a fifth year of school to use his fourth and last year of eligibility after he redshirted his sophomore year so the badgers were fresh off their first final four appearance the previous year before matt got there Um, and then coming in as a freshman he came into a program with sky-high expectations and he talks about the kind of role he played on these teams that were winning so much a really interesting thing i heard matt talk about was you know when he chose to become a walk-on there was this mentality inside of him uh just wanting to be a part of something bigger than himself and you know that rang true with me because that was a lot of what went into my mindset as well when i chose to become a walk-on so you know On top of that, we talk about a ton of other stuff, you know, his transition uh, midseason with head coach Bo Ryan retiring uh, midway through his second year, you know, him playing with a few NBA guys and Sam Decker and Frank Kaminsky and just being around them. And, you know, Matt also gives his opinion on the negative stigma that I believe kind of surrounds walk-ons. He talks about the hardest part for him as a walk-on and just embracing the walk-on mentality, you know, of selflessness and sacrifice and putting guys first. Uh, Matt touches on the craziest mid-game bench moment that he can remember. That one was fun. And just overall, you know, we touch on at the end just what Matt learned uh, from the experience, what he took away from it, Um, you know, some key takeaways uh, that the experience of being a walk-on, you know, gives you and and gave to him um, and the perspective it's given him, you know, that's helped him in life as well as you know, in his current job as a financial advisor. So really good stuff here. I, I bet you're excited for me to just shut the hell up already and uh, introduce Matt. So before I do, please make sure, again, you subscribe to Walkie Talkie's podcast on whichever platform you listen to your podcast on. And with that being said, here's my full conversation with former Wisconsin men's basketball player, Matt Ferris. Start from the top. I mean, you played at Wisconsin. You You came in there as a freshman. They were coming off a Final Four appearance. How did that even come about? you know, getting onto a team like Wisconsin that was just coming off the first Final Four run?
2: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, my recruiting process was, I don't even know if you could call it a process. It was, it was pretty crazy. Coming out of high school, I wasn't a big high-profile player or anything like that. I mean, a solid high school player, one conference player of the year. So it's not like I was, you know, sixth man on my high school team. But um, I didn't get any sort of college looks at the Division One level. Um, that being said, coach guard, who at the time was an assistant coach, uh, happened to come to one of my playoff games to actually recruit someone for the team we were playing against one of the younger guys. And, uh, he kind of liked what he saw and, and we had a, a mutual connection who went to my high school and was a manager for the Badgers team. And he said, Hey, you should, you ought to give this Ferris kid a look. He's, he's a good player, smart guy, good student. And sure enough, that game was on a Friday. I got an email from Coach Guard on Monday um, asking me, you know, are you interested in walking on it at Wisconsin? Um, You know, kind of what what are your thoughts on that? And um, he actually invited me down to a game that Wednesday. So Friday was our game. Monday, I got the email, went down to Madison on Wednesday. And after the game, uh, Bo Ryan, who was the head coach at the time, walked into our uh, room where we were all kind of talking and uh, he came in, cracked a few jokes as co- only coach Ryan does. And he said, so you, you're, you're the, you're interested in walking out of the team, huh? I'm like, yeah, that would be a dream come true. You know, I'm, I'm from Wisconsin. That would be outstanding. He goes, well, we'd love to have you. We got a spot for you. Just let us know. Yes or no. And that was it. So it was wow. from Friday until that following Wednesday, um, never received a single thing of mail from them. Um, it was really just quite the lucky coincidence, but um, yeah, and it, 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 you know, it, it was a, it was a dream come true for sure.
4: That's special. So you com- kind of committed there probably midway through that Wisconsin year before they even got to the Final Four. So when they get into the Final Four that year, you're watching as like a holy shit, I'm gonna be on this team next year.
2: <laughs> for real, no, it was crazy. Uh, I kind of you know I'm a kid from Wisconsin, so I would watch the team regardless, and I, I mm-hmm. I've always been a Badger fan. Um, but knowing in the back of my mind, like, Hey, those are going to be my teammates next year. Um, yeah. that was, that was pretty crazy and, and really special. So yeah, it was in, uh, I believe February that I committed, they were still in their regular season. Um, but then to watch, you know, Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker and those guys, Ben Brust lead the team to that first final four thinking, Hey, you know, a lot of them are coming back and, and I'm going to be on the team. That's going to be something special.
4: Yeah. So what was it like? You know, when you kind of got to campus, I don't know if you got there in the summer for summer workouts or if you showed up in the fall. But when you got there, obviously, the expectation, you know, around town was very high because they were just, you know, entering the peak of their powers. Obviously, you guys make the national championship that your first year. So what was it like kind of just being being inserted into that, like right off the bat?
2: It was crazy, man. It was uh, there were high sky high expectations. And I think everybody on the team and in the program knew that. Um, you know, and me being a freshman, not understanding kind of the world of college basketball, it was pretty surreal. I'll tell you one story the 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 first moment when I realized, you know, how special we had something and and how cool it was to be a part of it was that summer we were there for summer workouts and in our locker room, as I'm sure you have at Duquesne, Duquesne, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you have at Duquesne, you've got kind of a lounge, a player lounge area with some TVs. And we were sitting there after one of our summer workouts one day, just kind of chilling out on the couches. And we were watching Sports Center. and sure enough, it popped up college basketball preview. And the first clip we saw was Frank Kaminsky. And I look over to my left and there's Frank sitting on the couch. (laughs) That was my first, holy shit, welcome to college basketball moment. Um, But yeah, we for sure knew the expectations were high and. Um, you know, we came a little one step short of of what we were expecting to do. Uh, but all in all, it was, it was quite the surreal experience. Yeah, for sure.
4: Um, so we can get right into that. I mean, like you come in your first year and as a walk on, what kind of role did you play on that team? Obviously the aspiration and the goal was, you know, we're going for a national championship. So when you kind of came in, You know, like you said, you were a freshman, a little bit different for you, college, all in all. But, you know, how long did it take you to kind of understand your role on that sort of team, you know, as a walk on?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I think all walk ons kind of go through the same thing. You kind of have to take a step back from where you were in high school because in high school, you know, even walk ons at a college level were kind of the guy in high school and a high level player for their team. But on any, Successful college basketball team. Everybody needs their own role, and as a walk-on, my role, as many walk-ons are, is uh, to prepare the team as best as I can on the scout team and to be a net positive for the team. And that can mean a lot of things. It doesn't mean you know scoring ten points a game or um, you know being a nuisance on the scout team. There's a lot of things to it. It's it's staying out of trouble off the court. It's getting good grades in the classroom so the coaches don't have to worry about you. It's pushing others to, you know, achieve both in practice and in school. Um, And I believe that I I really filled my role well. Um, Mm -hmm. I like to tell people, you know, all my teammates, they went uh, to school to play basketball and they had to do school on the side. I went to school and I did basketball on the side. (laughs) But um, it was really just about working hard, pushing people to be the best they can and and really creating that net positive for the program. That really was that was my role.
4: That's awesome. How long do you think it kind of took you to be aware of that? Did it click right away or was it kind of like a progression year in like after each year?
2: Yeah, I would say it was, uh, I kind of, I kind of got to it. Um, I would say that first summer, you know, like I really got hit in the mouth with, you know, the, the reality of of college basketball. And, uh, I believe I, I didn't probably fully settle into my role and really understand kind of how I fit in the big puzzle of it until probably halfway through my first year. Um, you know, going into that summer, I always, you know, I was ready to compete and I competed all four years. It's just, you know, at the end of the day, these guys who, you know, the scholarship players, they're there for a reason. They're a real deal. And right. three of my teammates made it into the NBA and there's a there's good reason they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because they're special players. They're extremely talented and they work really hard, but um, everybody needs their role, And uh, yeah, I would say probably in the first year.
4: What do you think was different, like in the beginning, for you that you ultimately changed? Like, what what were you going in there every day, like, you know, doing that you, when you picked up on your real role, you kind of stopped doing um, halfway through the you, year.
2: You know, I, I don't think that anything really stopped. Um, you know, I I worked the same. I worked just as hard. I uh, I push guys just as hard, but it's just it's it's more of the psychological mm-hmm. aspect of it of, of understanding like, hey, this is where I fit. You know, my kind of role on the team was to be an uplifting, uplifting, positive guy who uh, worked hard in practice, pushed the guys and, and took care of stuff in the classroom as well. And, um, you know, just kind of understanding that, you know, that's my role and I got to do it the best I can.
4: Yeah. So overall. What was the walk on experience like specifically at Wisconsin? You know, your everyday four years there. Was it a net positive for you? Was it maybe a little bit more negative? I mean, I know you guys did so much winning that it was probably hard for that experience to be any bit of negative. But you know, maybe, maybe inwards um, in the team stuff, maybe there was some stuff going on for you personally that you felt could have maybe been different for you as a walk on. What do you think?
2: I will say that it was the best decision I've ever made, 100%. It's, uh, you know, you look back and I think as a walk-on, there's those dog days of practice in the fall when you have 32 practices before your first game and you're not getting a scholarship.
4: All right, stay right there for us, Matt. When we come back from break, Matt's going to talk to us about just what it was like when head coach Bo Ryan left midway through his sophomore season. And he's going to take us into the Wisconsin locker room leading up to their big Final Four game, where they took down 38-0 Kentucky. Again, you are listening to Walkie Talkie's podcast with the coolest walk-on in the country, myself, Noah Bono, here on the College Athletes Network on iHeartRadio. You can subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts on. You can also follow the podcast social media pages at WTZpodcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can follow myself on Twitter and Instagram at snow.3 Three. All right, folks, stay with us. We'll be right back.
3: This is it.
0: We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is...
4: walkie-talkies podcast on the college athletes network is back i'm your host noah bono please make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss any episodes and let's bring back in my guest matt ferris from the wisconsin basketball program matt what was it like losing your head coach bo ryan after the final four year you know midway through your sophomore season i'm sure it had to be a little easier being that the keys were handed over to associate head coach greg guard who recruited you you knew him well you know I'm sure not a lot of things could have changed. So just talk to us about what that transition was like for you, for your teammates, for the culture, the program itself, and so on.
2: Yeah, honestly, you know, Coach Guard is a guy who worked under Coach Ryan his whole career. Um, There wasn't much of a change in terms of, you know, the program and the culture. Um, Just because, you know, Wisconsin is, uh, I like to liken it at that time to a Fortune 500 company. It doesn't matter who it runs itself. I think is what is what the saying goes, but coach Ryan did an awesome job of building that foundation and building a program that's nationally known. Mm -hmm. Um, and when he stepped away in the middle of my sophomore year, we were actually performing very poorly. We were on the decline. Um, at that point in time, we weren't, I don't even think in the NCAA tournament picture, we hadn't entered big 10 season yet, but we dropped a few games earlier in the year and Uh, Coach Guard really did an awesome job of turning the program around that year. Um, We went back to our fundamentals and for me personally, not much change. You know, I I was, you know, kind of still in the same role on scout team and and doing my job in the classroom, but our team kind of rallied around Coach Guard that year. And sometimes adversity really brings out the best in people in that year. It Mm -hmm. it definitely did. And uh, eventually we made it to the sweet 16. And honestly, you know, we were one player, one play away from making it to the elite eight. But it was uh, it was a special year because coming off that final four season, um, you know, I was expecting continued success throughout Mm -hmm. because we had a lot of guys coming back. But we really got punched in the mouth early in the year, but we responded really well.
4: So, you know, obviously being around Coach Ryan, that one year was your first year and really only year with him. And, you know, you guys did something. That I'm sure that inwards was expected, but on the outside from general public, maybe like, uh, you know, we don't think Wisconsin's going to get to the Final Four or let alone beat 38-0 Kentucky. So just talk to me about what's going on going into that game, like in the locker room, the Wisconsin locker room, like the game plan and just the intimidation factor of like this team hasn't lost a game all year. And we are going to be the ones that are going to take them down and get to the national championship. Like, I can't even imagine the energy, the juice, the just the excitement. Like, I get excited just thinking about it. And like the fact that you were a part of it, you know, like, what was that like just being around that and that locker room presence leading up to the game? And then, of course, during the game and ultimately beating them.
2: Yeah, it was special because, you know, when you're in the moment, you don't really hear about all of the hype from the outside. Sure. We turn on sports center ESPN. And uh, at that point in time, you know, all focus is on the final four because it's the big event and all the talking heads, those, you know, clown ESPN game are saying, does Wisconsin have a chance? Do they have a chance? But I'll tell you what, no, nobody in our locker room thought we were going to lose. All of us knew 100% that we were able to compete with them. And you know, and that's all you have to do. You know, nobody would say, you know, yeah, we thought we were going to beat them by 15 or 20. Like, that's just not, that's just not the truth because they had, you know, eight or nine NBA players. They were unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was a, that was a, a wild game and I've never felt so much pent up emotion going into it and elation after it. And, and my favorite story from that game is after we beat them, we kind of stormed the court a bit, just the players and, and we were hugging each other and going crazy. And Frank Frank Kaminsky was waving it all over his head. I mean, it was, it was mayhem in, in Lucas Oil Stadium, but we were walking back. And as we walked back, we passed in front of our student section and some of the guys are running in and giving hugs to our students and high fives and whatnot. And I look over to my left and uh, Josh Gosser, If you remember him, he was kind of uh he was the glue guy for our team. He was a fifth year senior, a very integral part of our team, but he was just walking calm as ever, you know, everybody else was hugging, high fiving each other, and he was just walking. And I go up to him and I put my arm around him and go, Josh, we just we just won. We're going to the national championship. Like, aren't you excited, man? And he God, this gets me. He looks at me straight face and he goes, You kidding me? I expected this shit the whole time. And then just kept walking. And Uh, I just like, I still, I get chills thinking about it today. Um, But that's just, you know, that's just the competitor that he was. And he was kind of the, he was the heartbeat of our team. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was, uh, that was, you know, a moment that I certainly will never forget.
4: Yeah. So many special moments that I'm sure you'll never forget, but just like that game, like, especially fast forward now, like, Carl Anthony towns, Devin Booker, like doing what they're doing. Like you're going against the guy that's obviously the inevitable number one draft pick seven footer been dominating all year. And it's just like, well, Kentucky's meant to go 40, and know, this year, they're going to go 40, and know, like this is the year Cal Parry's going to do it. And then it's just like, Wisconsin walks in the doors, 80,000 screaming fans and you guys get it done. Like, I don't, it doesn't sound like you could have a better college moment than that, because think about how many people can even get on a college team you're on a college team that got that that far and like the pinnacle you guys were at the absolute peak of your powers you know
2: right it was crazy yeah I think uh I, I remember well leading up to the game it was funny because I'm a 6'6 guy who can barely jump 20 inches and in scout team I'm supposed to I'm supposed to be Willie Cauley Stein and uh we all got we all got a good laugh out of that but yeah it was it was special I remember the beginning of that game uh i think it was in the first couple of minutes it felt like we were playing the monstars from space jam mm-hmm. legitimately i think tyler ulis got a steal and went down and alley-ooped it to trey uh trey lyles and he just dunked it right over our point guard <laughs> and i looked to another guy on the bench I'm like holy shit these guys yeah. are good Like we're in but, for uh, it. <laughs> right yeah i'm like god damn it this is fun but uh no we just uh you know we we won with fundamental basketball the same way we do. uh, We did that entire year and took care of the ball, shot the ball well, played good defense. And, you know, it's not sexy, but it works. And
4: obviously, you know, in that game, like you guys had two of your own NBA players, obviously didn't know at the time, but Frank Kaminsky, Sam Decker, like you guys had two dudes who could kind of go neck and neck with their top dogs. So it kind of equaled it out in a sense. I mean, you know, what was it like being around them in that, like, like as a freshman too, Obviously, as a walk-on role, you you do want to provide some energy, some juice, some, you know, reinforcement, like, are you ready? Like, that kind of thing. As a freshman, though, those guys are obviously the top dogs. Do you have the confidence to kind of go up to them and, like, give them some reinforcement or kind of get them ready? Or is it as a freshman, I'm a little bit more reserved, I'm going to just let the coaches handle that, or maybe some older guy. You know, how did that kind of play out being around those guys?
2: Yeah, great question. Um, I would say that it was definitely that freshman year kind of sitting in the background, for sure. Now, mm-hmm. as my years went went on and on, and by the time I was a junior and a senior, I was able to talk with, you know, even guys who were starting, Nigel Hayes, Bronson Koenig, because I had that relationship with them. Yeah. Um, but as a freshman, no, I, I definitely wasn't getting in Frank's ear, being like, "Come on, Frank, like you got this, man." He was just looking at me, be <laughs> like, "Who the fuck are you?" I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. Frank was Frank's a good guy and a good friend. He would never uh, demean me like that. But um, those guys, Frank and Sam, especially. Um, even though they were in college, they, they were pros. You could tell mm-hmm. the way that they handled themselves, the way that they handled their basketball, their bodies, um, their workout regimen. Like those guys were pros. So you could tell it yeah. before they even got their first contract. Um, they right. just handled themselves different than everybody else.
4: Was their day-to-day kind of different than a lot of the other guys on the team, like in terms of getting in extra work or how they kind of got their workouts in and then, like you said, taking care of their bodies and all those components that go into being a professional athlete? Like, did, Was it no, a noticeable difference from them to the rest of the guys on the team?
2: Yeah, we had we had really hard workers. You guys I think of, Ethan Happ, Nigel Hayes, uh, guys who would be in the gym hours and hours and hours. Um, and Frank and Sam were, were very much like that as well. But they're just... Their, their preparation was second to none. They would watch film constantly. They'd be in the gym, you know, every day before practice, after practice. Um, they'd for sure be, you know, at least getting shots up outside of our normal practice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that extra work, you could tell goes a long way because by the time March came around, those two were playing, you know, their best basketball of the year.
4: Yeah, for sure. You know, it's just special that you got I feel like special is going to be the most common word used because a lot of your experiences and your moments and just people you've gotten to be around and ultimately like be friends with, you know, like you said, to have lifelong relationships with these guys, very special. And I'm sure to follow their journeys, you know, knowing that they're inevitably going to get drafted, uh, especially after that run, it's probably just been amazing, you know, to bring it back to, yeah, we went to a national championship together because, you know, smaller programs like us, like the goal is always just like, let's win, uh, our conference tournament and, you know, let's get to the tournament because then it's always just like, you're with that team forever. Like that team is locked in forever. Like when you're playing on, you know, the big 10 stage and you're climbing that ladder in the NCAA tournament and you're, you got there the year after the first final four, but they, you know, they came in hungry that year. Cause it was like, we want more, we want to taste that again. And so then they get there and now, and then you get to the national championship and I know it probably stings, you know, not ultimately winning that game, but regardless, like, it's a final four team like the final four is kind of like i don't want to obviously call it the end goal but it's like when you reach the final four it's like dude we did it you know like it's got to be just something that you'll think about remember and cherish probably forever
2: absolutely yeah that's 100 it's 100 percent spot on that's something that um you know and and it comes in scale too you know that that team you know will will definitely be one that you know we'll have that the rest of our lives but we even think about, you know, the sweet 16 teams that followed, um, that a lot of those same guys were on both teams and and we'll still remember those as well. Um, but we'll also remember the conference championship we won that same year. Um, we beat Michigan state in overtime to win that. And, uh, yeah, it's all, it's all special moments and things that really do bond you for life. Yeah,
4: for sure. And I mean, we're talking about the national championship game and, and getting there, but like you got you had your first three years many moments in the tournament and your conference tournaments. Like you, you guys beat the reigning champ Villanova in the round of thirty-two. Uh Bronson hits the buzzer beater. Uh I think that it wasn't the same year, it was the year uh after. And year
2: after, yeah, right.
4: Yeah. So like one of my questions is like, what's the craziest moment that you can remember? just going absolutely batshit crazy on the bench.
2: I would say the the one moment itself was definitely Bronson's shot against Xavier. Um, it had to be, the, I had, that had to be the answer. <laughs> it was probably unbelievable. insane. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. That was just, that was so crazy. And, and the craziest moment is that when the ball left his hands standing, sitting on the bench, we knew it was going in. And okay. like, this was a tur- turnaround three pointer with two hands in his face. Like, but like, of course it was gonna go in. Like that's yeah, that just it's doesn't March. miss. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's March. But yeah, that was definitely the craziest moment. Um, I would say the craziest uh game or event was definitely Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but that moment itself was was really awesome.
4: Yeah, what's it like sitting? I mean, you got courtside seats to the most popular <laughs> game of the year. Like, what is that like sitting there? And there's 70, 80,000 You're in a football stadium. You know, I always say, like, people don't understand. That an NBA finals game is at max only played in front of 22,000 people like college, these student athletes were playing two games if you got lucky to make it to the championship round in front of 80,000 fans like you're in front of 160,000 people different, you know total that's insane so like you're in the middle of that and you're looking up and you're looking around like it had to be insane it had to be nuts.
2: It was it was crazy. It was like honestly surreal. And you've got the the floor, which is a bit elevated. And right, I made sh- I made sure to to take moments during that and just look around and soak it all in because yeah, I've never seen number one, I've never seen that many people in one place. But number two, <laughs> I've never had that many people there for us. Yeah. And it's like it's just crazy to, to realize it because the the guys in our team, like we're just a bunch of kids, a bunch of goofballs. Like if these fans who kind of like. Idolize. i don't even know if they're, if that's the right word but look up to these players and it's like oh it's just like frank he's you know he's he's funny he's goofy he's a
4: regular dude um,
2: right regular guy but um you know obviously the we gave the fans a good season to remember and uh mm-hmm. yeah it was it was it was pretty surreal
4: what was it like for you guys like going into you know obviously after losing to duke like losing frank losing sam going into that following year i'm sure guys were still hungry and the expectation was still really high. You know, how did the team kind of make it shift?
2: For me, I remember thinking like, oh, we made it to the national championship my first year. It's got to be all downhill from here. Um, <laughs> and I say that as a joke, but but realistically, I mean, like that's like, that's the honest truth. But, uh, you know, we had we had guys who did have a lot of experience. Zach Showalter, Nigel Hayes, Bronson Koenig were all coming back that next year. And we knew we had a solid team. Um, I don't remember if we were ranked in the preseason or not, but we knew we'd have a solid team and, and be able to compete well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it does suck to lose, uh, you know, national player of the year and another guy who was a lottery pick. Um, but we knew we could compete and we knew we'd be, you know, right there. And the way that we play at Wisconsin fundamentally sound taking care of the ball, like we can compete with anybody, you know, regardless mm-hmm. of their talent level yeah. and, uh, you know the expectations were still high because that's just you know how we hold ourselves at wisconsin is is to excellence and to being able to compete every game and, and we did that for the next two years and the first year was it was a little tough to think through um you know going from a national championship team you know they're not they're going to lose they lose two of their guys and how are they going to be but we proved it we proved everyone, you know, that we can still compete. And then that following year as well, made it to the sweet sixteen again and, and lost on that last second Chiosa buzzer beater in the sweet sixteen to Florida. Yeah. Um it was it was just uh, you know, two really solid years back to back that honestly one or two plays go our way and we're in elite eights in both games.
4: Yeah. I mean, you experienced the highs and the lows. Like you were kind of were there for every little good thing and every little bad thing i mean you had the high and the low in back-to-back games the high of beating kentucky and then the low of losing in the championship game um i didn't really oh, yeah. ask you much about the championship game like
2: was we could any- skip that we could we could skip that i'm just
4: kidding no 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 no. i, I totally <laughs> understand i don't even want to make you relive it
2: <laughs> no i'm just kidding what's crazy about uh the championship is that i've actually never went back and watched it um start yeah. to finish like mm-hmm. I, I i've seen it on tv before it'll be on like big 10 network or you know, ESPN classics, but, um, I've actually never gone back and watched it. Um, I don't know. It's, it's not that I'm salty or anything. It's just, uh, you know, you don't really want to relive one of the days that, um, your, your heart got broken, but no, it was, uh, it was a, it was a hard fought game. and, And from what I can remember of it, honestly, it was, it went so fast. Um, it's hard for me to remember, you know, specific plays out of it, but we competed really well. And at the end of the day, they just made a few more shots than us and, you know, that's how it goes.
4: Don't you just hate that Grayson Allen was the guy that kind of ignited it? I bet that really bugs you guys.
2: It it does. It tugs it tugs at the heart a bit because um, he wasn't even like he wasn't even that good at the time. You know, he's he obviously a, freshman. a good player. Yeah, he's a good player. He's an NBA player, but I don't. I think he was their sixth man, mm-hmm. and for him to just come in and yeah, just really spark it he had a couple steals a couple dunks a couple threes
4: yeah i feel for matt as a bucks fan fortunately though grayson's actually been a pretty good addition to their team regardless of his continuous antics the latest one with breaking alex caruso's wrist but please make sure to stay with us when we come back matt's going to talk to us about what some of the differences were for him as a walk-on versus some of his scholarship teammates and what that dynamic was really like Again, I'm Noah Bono, and this is Walkie Talkie's podcast here on the College Athletes Network on iHeartRadio. You can subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts on. You can also follow the podcast social media pages at Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can follow myself on Twitter and Instagram at Snow.3. All right, folks, stay with us. We'll be right back. All right. And we're back, folks. This is Noah Bono, your host, and you're listening to Walkie Talkie's podcast on the College Athletes Network. Please make sure you subscribe to the show on the iHeartRadio app or whatever directory you listen to your podcasts on. And let's get back to Matt Ferris, former walk-on for the Wisconsin Badgers men's basketball team from 2014 to 2018. Your walk-on experience was definitely different than most because of all the winning and just how far you guys advanced and just what the expectation was every year. Was there any difference you think like in your day-to-day as a walk-on from your scholarship players day-to-day as a walk-on, like, was there anything that kind of went on where it was like, okay, yeah. I mean, aside from not getting your tuition paid for and, you know, not getting a stipend and whatnot, like was there any other differences that maybe you picked up on along the way?
2: No, there, there really wasn't And in Wisconsin. You know, I know schools do it differently um, and how they treat walk-ons and how walk-ons are seen by the coaching staff and by, you know, the rest of the program. But, but, There was not, you know, again, other than the tuition being paid for the stipend and their bank accounts looked a little bit better than mine in college, but um, there was no, I wasn't treated any different. Um, I did all the same conditioning, all the same workouts. Um, You know, we had the same training table meals. We had the same, um, same everything, same access to all academic resources. Um, The only difference is that, yeah, they didn't have to pay tuition. They got a check for their rent every month. Um, right. But other than that, I, I I couldn't be more grateful to just be treated, you know, on the same level as everybody, um, because it, it made you feel, you know, like you were a part of the team and somebody yeah. was, you know, valued and valuable.
4: Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's that's the goal, right? It's just to want to be valued and be appreciated right. in some sort of way. So, you know, I always say and we joke around with some of the guys that come on and just like even when coaches yelling at you, it's just like it's fine. You know, you're being acknowledged. Yeah. It means O-teamate. that he cares. Yeah. He cares about yeah. you. All that. Um, did you have any walk-on teammates while you were there through the four
2: years? Yeah. Yeah. I had, a, I had quite a few. Um, we had a roster. anywhere were from 16, 15, 16 or 17 guys. And I think 12 were scholarship. So every year we'd have four or five walk-ons. Um, but yeah, I had uh, plenty of walk-on teammates throughout the years
4: um you know did you feel like when you got there like you know for because obviously you guys are going to be, become friends with everybody like it's, it becomes very close-knit very quickly um when so was it quick for you you know in terms of just like gaining guys respect you know, them understanding you you understanding them and just you know ultimately you know gaining like forming those special relationships
2: yeah it did it, it came pretty quickly um especially with those that came in on my same class, um, Ethan Happ and TJ Schlunt. TJ was a fellow walk-on and Ethan was the one scholarship guy in our class. Um, we became close friends pretty quickly. Um, and then eventually, you know, when you spend around spend time around people, you know, you become the getting to know them better, getting to have similar tastes and qualities and virtues or however you want to put it. And, uh, yeah, I became a lot of my friends are, uh, a lot of my best friends are teammates. Um, you know, mm, one sure. guy, my best friend, my best friend, um, was a fellow walk on with me for my four years. Um, and, uh, you know, I ended up living with a couple guys on the team. Um, but I would say that the, the, walk-on guys, you know, we kind of have our own brotherhood, which is, uh, sure. you know, something that those, those scholarship guys, will ne- they'll never understand. Um, <laughs> but, uh, between the scholarship and walk-on guys, we, uh, you know, I've, I've made some of my best friends were my teammates.
4: Yeah, I'm sure. And, and that's the best part, honestly, when you take away everything that happened, like you got, you got more friends, more brothers, more people to stay in touch with more people, you know, that you've been around, that you've had great times with. So I always love the relationship part of it. I say it to everybody who comes on because it's, you know, it's you can't replace that. You know, who the hell wants it's it? world. for sure. We're social beasts. We want to be around people. We want to have, you know, friends and all that kind of stuff. So when you get onto a basketball team, like you got 15 friends right away. You might not know right. it, you know, but you know, you eventually it all ha- it all kind of works itself out. Um, what like, do you think? For sure. What do you think maybe the hardest thing was for you? in specific, um, as a walk-on?
2: The toughest, the toughest part was, you know, when you put in work for something, you like to see a result, right? It doesn't matter if it's in school or if it's in the weight room or if it's on the court. And the toughest part for me was, was all those tireless, countless hours that we put in. And you didn't really see a tangible result. So for example, you know, you're at practice every day, busting your tail, working hard, and he, what's the result of it? You know, the team might play a little bit better. They might be a little bit better prepared. Um, but at the end of the day, for me, that equates to maybe 30 seconds every 10 games. That was, the, that was the toughest part was all of the work that was put in that seemed at the time that it wasn't being rewarded. But mm-hmm. in the long run and taking a step back, I realized that it really was because it was, it was helping me better myself. Mm-hmm. and to better the team um but the toughest part was definitely you know what we were talking about earlier the 40 hour a week unpaid internship that we were working um, <laughs> but again again at the end of the day you know if if that's the worst part is that you're a member of a big 10 basketball program yeah that's you know life's pretty good so
4: absolutely what was the most hostile environment um in the big 10 that you
2: remember mackey arena for sure purdue tough place to play i don't think we Honestly, I'd have to go back and look, but I don't think we won once there. Um, people say that Breslin, uh, Michigan State, that's a tough place to play for sure.
4: Big arena um,
2: too. Yeah, yeah, Michigan State, and they have all the students right in the bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, that was tough, but yeah, Mackey for me um, was definitely the hardest. So
4: two two things about walk-ons. Do you think there's a stigma around walk-ons? And
2: if so, what? I do, um, but I think that, I, I I think it's, it's a positive stigma and this, this might be just, you know, my clouded sense of, of reality, but I think the stigma th- that I have for walk-ons is that they're hard workers. they are people that, you know, might not have the talent of a scholarship player. Um, you know, I like to say that if I was seven foot, I'd hopefully have a scholarship, but fortunately God put me at six, five and that's just, that is what it is, which is oh. tall enough, but. You know, I, my, my stigma behind, behind walk-ons is that they're hard workers. They're people who are, who earn it and they're not given anything. Um, and you know, they are people who are willing to put the team first because Mm -hmm. realistically, if you look at walk-ons at a division one school, um, you know, a lot of them could have played division three or division two basketball, but they wanted to be part of something bigger than themselves. And they were willing to sacrifice, you know, being the guy for having that opportunity at the highest level. Mm -hmm. And that's something that goes a long way, you know, when you think of sports and also, you know, into the future, into the real world of, of being a member of a team and and thinking that we over me mentality. So my stigma is nothing but good things. Again, you know, I'm a bit biased because of my history, but um, I hold, I hold walk-ons in the highest regard for sure.
4: Yeah. I mean, that that's spot on, you know, because there, there's definitely a negative stigma around it from the general public or whatever, but that's a better way to look at it for everybody. Because it's all true. You know, when you said you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself, like that is literally what I was saying as I made my first decision to be a walk-on out of high school. And I was just like, yeah, I just want to, you know, be a part of something bigger than me and just like
2: yep. put
4: other people first and see what happens for me, you know, in the long run. And, um, you know, so that's something special too. So, I, I loved that answer. I, you know, I think anybody who listens to this will appreciate that as well. Um, now mm-hmm. why do you think, you know, overall for the team, the walk-on role is important, especially a team like yours, but even on just like a, you know, mid-major, low-major, like where's, where's the overall value the importance?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think walk-ons do a great job of, of being, um, a yeah, team first person, um, in college basketball at the division level, there are a lot of, of guys who were former high school stars, um, who are used to being, you know, the guy, but a team with, with 13 of, of the guys will never succeed. That's just the truth. You know, you have to have people with roles, people who are, you know, glue guys, people who are, you know, bench players, people who are scout team guys. And where walk-ons fit in in that is, is being, you know, that servant leader at the bottom of the food chain, so to say, Mm -hmm. who can really just push people up. They're at the bottom of the chain, but they're always lifting and always increasing, you know, whatever they can do to help the team win. And that's really their role. And, um, you know, that's not to say that they can't compete for playing time because, you know, you see it all the time. You know, walk-ons who can crack into the starting lineup or in a scholarship, you name it. You know, even look at Duncan Robinson. I mean, that guy's in the NBA. Yep. And he just got, he just got a bag. He just got a bag mm-hmm. and he started as a division three player. And then he, I, I don't know if he walked on or had a scholarship, but he went to Michigan, rode pine for two years and now he's starting point guard for the Miami Heat. I mean, you know, Crazy. that's not to say that, that walk-ons aren't players, but um, you know, it, it starts with helping the team and putting the team first above everything.
4: Absolutely. So what would you say, you know, those four years of being a walk-on, how'd they help kind of shape your perspective, um, about yourself and about life in general?
2: It did. It did everything, man. It, uh, you know, personally, it it helped me build some of my best friendships. Um, it allowed me to see the world. We went to, uh, we went to Hawaii. We went to Australia as a team, you know, I've been to New York four or five times, really traveled all around the world, California, LA, um, and got to meet some really cool people and experience some things that, you know, a very small section of the population can say that they experienced and it did a lot for me personally and and also looking into the future of, of how to be a team player you know how to work even when there's nothing promised to you or nothing given to you but how to keep in your mind to keep grinding regardless if you don't see anything because if you just keep working hard and keep busting your tail you know good things are going to happen absolutely
4: So NIL just passed. You obviously missed the boat on that, but that's all right. If you were a college athlete in today's game, what do you think maybe would be some of the things you'd go ahead and look for?
2: Yeah, good question. Honestly, if I was in my role at Wisconsin at this time, um, I was always kind of, you know, on social media, I was kind of a joker and kind of, you know, just very lighthearted um, on Twitter and on Instagram and whatnot. But I, would, I think I would have kind of played into it and really just, uh, you know, shot my shot at some big companies and see if they wanted to sign me for something. Nobody probably would have. But, <laughs> you know, you got to cast a line to catch a fish. So, right. um, no, it, it does. It's unfortunate. I think it's the right thing. I think the NCAA is finally realizing that they got to start doing some of this stuff. Otherwise, <laughs> bigger changes are going to happen. Yep. Um, but uh, I think it's great for college kids. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to see some of the guys. Um, you know, make money off of it and, and get their bag. I mean, it's great.
4: It's what they deserve. You know, it's about time. So for as sure, a, as a businessman that you are now, what would you kind of recommend to some young athletes that you know maybe they're not thinking about that you could give advice to?
2: Yeah, I would say, um, you know, so I work, uh, I'm, I work in in wealth management. Um, so I would advise those students to um, continue to save and invest their money, to spend less than they earn. And to uh, build their brand, because that's really where your value is. You know, your brand is everything. It's it's not just how you perform on the court, but it's how you carry yourself off of it. So making sure that, you know, you're not putting anything out on Twitter that can be dug up in five years. You know, you see that all the time. People getting fired over what they're posting online, you know, when they were in high school. And yeah, it sucks. And you can be a new person as you grow older, but just showing yourself as, as as a man of honor and integrity both on the court and off of it because from their successful follow-up like no doubt no doubt mm-hmm. about it um but for the nil for all that stuff i i i would encourage the guys to shoot your shot go out and just get what you can and yep. um, you know if a company in madison wants to pay you 500 bucks to do a commercial shoot go do for it, it yeah Um, for sure for sure i would i would have just honestly man i would i would have like reached out i would have just said i am open to all opportunities oh my god yeah you need me to do something like pay me 15 bucks and i'll do it
4: yeah (laughs) no some of it's just like like post me on your, i'll post you on just my social medias and let me eat for free for a week you know literally anything literally um yeah So obviously you've been out of college a couple of years. Um, You redshirted your sophomore year, but you only stayed for the four years. You kind of, you know, bypassed that last year of eligibility. Um, Do you regret that at all? And like now that you've been out of college for a number of years, like what about that sort of team environment um, and all the winning and just being around them? Do you miss the most?
2: Well, Noah, I got to say, you really did your research. You really did your homework that's uh that's impressive man um mm-hmm. catching on my four years but with the red shirt here yeah that's good um yeah so I made that decision uh to redshirt, um knowing that you know it would just buy me potential time um if I wanted to do a fifth year um but essentially what it boiled down to is I didn't want to redshirt my freshman year because I knew how good we were going to be and I said if I get any chance to play for that team and get myself in the record books I want to do that because I knew how good we were going to be Mm-hmm. um and honestly you know what between me and you i was the 13th leading scorer on the number two team in the country and that's pretty <laughs> impressive but uh but no i uh i read sophomore year just to give me give myself kind of that that chance to make a decision later down the line and what it came down to was that i was pretty much i was done with my undergrad uh degree by the time basically i could have graduated in three and a half but i had to take one additional class my last uh, spring semester to stay eligible right. um, and at that point in time you know it didn't make sense for me to do a master's in anything and honestly I was you know emotionally and, and uh, you know just kind of spiritually ready to move on to the next thing yeah um, into the real world and um, I loved my time at Madison loved my time on the team um, but it, looking back like I don't think I would have uh, changed anything I don't think I think my four years were were enough I, I got to do what I wanted to do do and and you know i was ready to move on um but looking back the things that i'll miss the most are the teammates for sure um Mm -hmm. being able to you know in the summer summertime madison is unlike anything else um but in the (laughs) summer especially is when you know we'd have workouts in the morning and then we would have workouts in the afternoon but in the meantime we'd have one class maybe um but we'd be able to hang out at night and um just really experience the city and and the beautiful Madison summer. Um, but the teammates are what I miss the most, for sure.
4: There was never any um, more desire for you to kind of stay around the game. And, you know, being at Wisconsin in the Big Ten, I'm sure you formulated some amazing connections to kind of, you know, jumpstart a basketball, you know, further, further along a career in basketball. There was no, was there any ever thought about that? Or was kind of just like, you know, I'm going to take my major and kind of pursue that. Obviously, that's what you are doing. But was the basketball side and furthering that ever on your mind?
2: It was, you know, it was, uh, it was something that I considered, um, like a grad assistant role, Mm -hmm. um, something like that at at another school. Um, but when it came down to it, I, I, you know, thought about kind of the basketball, the business of college basketball, which is something that you're around when you're in college hoops. And it just, honestly, you know, thinking thinking to myself right out of college, it would have been fun for sure. But looking down the line, five years, 10 years down the line, when I want to start, you know, having a family and um, you know, all that fun stuff is it's a pretty brutal business for that. You know, it's late nights, early mornings, you're gone on weekends, you're traveling overnight. And it's just something that I really enjoyed at the time when I was you know, playing, but it wasn't something that I imagined myself doing full time into Mm -hmm. the future. So that's kind of why I didn't pursue it more. Um, but for the right person, for somebody who lives, breathes and, and goes to sleep thinking about basketball, mm-hmm. um, it, it really set me up for a good opportunity for it, but just that's something that I wanted to pursue.
4: I'm sure there was some wavering back and forth between it, but like, was there ever any dwindle, um, dwindled down from your four years as each year went on for your love of the game where it was like, you know, maybe I don't like this as much as I did my first year, as much as I did my, you know, in high school, was there any, any, ever, any, ever of that am I saying that backwards was there
2: (laughs) you get what I mean (laughs) I know what you mean um and I would say yeah there was for sure um it's it's something that people don't talk about as much um but there definitely was by the time my 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 last year came on um the whole the whole picture of it it kind of dwindled when dwindled down um kind of the appeal um I still love basketball I love watching basketball I, I play it occasionally um but it really kind of each year, it became kind of more more and more of a job versus, you know, uh, an opportunity or, um, you know, a passion. And that's not to say that I didn't enjoy it, because I did. But it definitely did. Um, in my in my fourth year, um, compared the fourth year to the first year, and there was some some noticeable declines in, in my passion for it. But Mm -hmm. you know that's not to say i didn't work as hard because i did yeah um Mm -hmm. it just it you know it it did kind of lose its its shine
4: i feel like with walk-ons it kind of it's kind of how it ends up the ball ends up rolling for us it's just like you put in that constant work every day for four maybe five years and you get to the end of the line and you're like yeah i'm I loved it, but I'm good now. You know, see you, right, see, seeing another exactly basketball,
2: <laughs> exactly, and that was exactly kind of my thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. with staying for my fifth year or graduating after four and being done with it, I was like, you know what, I had my fun, yeah, and it was great, but it's time to move on.
4: So, last question before the quick hitters: If you're a recruiter and you're talking to incoming high school guys, why Wisconsin?
2: Wisconsin, eh, well. I mean, for me, first and foremost, it's a world-class institution in terms of, of the academics part.
4: And
2: when you think about college basketball, a a very, very small percent go on to play professionally. And even those that do play professionally, it's not an end all be all. So you got to be thinking into your future and thinking 10, 15, 20 years down the line with a degree from Wisconsin, you can do whatever you want. Um, But on the, on the athletic side, I mean, our, our, facilities are, are second to none. The Cole Center is a great spot right on campus for students to come watch. Our weight room and our practice gym are, are right there in the Cole Center, and uh, again, second to none. Our coaches, honestly, we have uh, one of the best coaching staffs in the country, Joe Kravinoff, Dean Oliver. Um, I, I don't know Sharif, he's a new coach who just got hired this year, um, But but Joe and Dean are outstanding assistant coaches Mm -hmm. um, and guys who really build a great relationship with you. And then coach guard at the head. I mean, there's a reason he's had so much success as he has, um, he's able to build a a foundation from kind of the bottom, bottom up. and and really preach the qualities of Wisconsin basketball. But, you know, looking back, I think we've made the tournament 21 out of the last 22 years. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that says enough, Uh, like you could really drop that and be like, yeah, you want to come to a successful program yep we're here for you
4: for sure so some quick hitters for you before i let you go who's the best player sure. in the nba in your opinion Giannis. i knew the biased answer was coming i just i, I just knew. most
2: talented most most talented is KD. <laughs> <laughs> all
4: right it's your opinion i'm not i'm not well why got...
2: Who are, are you gonna say lebron
4: you see the jersey in the middle right
2: i see who's on the side is that
4: no, no, those those are my Duquesne jerseys.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, got <Gotcha>. you. <laughs> Pretty much, Kevin Durant. But no, I mean the, the best player right now, I would say Can't... LeBron is the. I think he's the. I think he's the greatest of all time. I do. But like right now, I mean he's he's not in the prime of his career right now.
4: That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I don't. You know, I'm not here to argue. As much as I would love this to be a podcast about me arguing with all my guests about why LeBron. <laughs> is in fact still the best player it's not about that so next question i asked your boy mike this from minnesota will aaron Rodgers stay with green bay
2: no <laughs> i love Ro- i love sad I love no rogers but i i know it is sad i love rogers but i think he's i think he's gone it's just sad to say but
4: welcome yeah. in jordan love What was it? That's the last thing I'll ask you. What was it like meeting Aaron Rodgers and just some of the famous people around Wisconsin that were just hanging out in your locker room after the game? Like, Hey man, can I get a picture? Like, what was that like?
2: It was crazy. Yeah. I mean, he was super cool. He would come in. Yeah. He took pictures with everybody and, uh, He was, he was awesome. Um, Met Jordy Nelson. And I mean, a lot of Packer guys were around the program for sure, but that was, that was really cool. He was probably the coolest, especially, you know, the big Packers fan. So, all
4: right, that's a wrap for this episode with my guy, Matt Ferris. I appreciate you coming on, man, hearing about the Wisconsin journey and just your ride as a walk on and, you know, the glory that you got to live for, you know, four really special years. Um, I hope the listeners appreciate this and had a good time hearing his story. Uh, Thanks for coming on, man.
2: Yeah, thanks, Noah. Thanks for having me, man. Best of luck with the podcast, and uh, I'm excited to listen.
4: Alrighty, folks. That's a wrap for episode one here on the College Athletes Network on iHeartRadio. This is Walkie Talkie's podcast, and I'm your host, Noah Bono. Killer episode. So much good, raw college basketball content from a program who was just magnetic to success. Match College Journey is one for the books. His walk-on journey is one for the books. You know, being part of a Big Ten Conference Championship, a Final Four win, and an appearance in the championship game, two Sweet Sixteens, and a lifetime full of memories and friends. I told Matt I'm jealous he got to experience all that because, I mean, I know when you were listening you thought it sounded just as fun as I did. So I appreciate Matt coming on sharing his experience at Wisconsin, offering his perspective on the walk-on role, the walk-on journey, and the Wisconsin Badgers, you know, basketball program. Uh, thank you again to everyone listening if you enjoyed the episode and you want more of walkie talkies podcast and please make sure you subscribe to walkie talkies podcast on iHeartRadio or whichever platform directory that you get your podcasts on so that you can be notified when the next episode drops which will be next week and uh look forward to seeing you back then
1: so cute.
3: This has been a presentation of the College Athletes Network.